We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Cody here, and I want to welcome on a very special guest uh, at Math Bomb on Twitter. It's Kent Lee Platty. He is a creator of the RAS Score, Relative Athletic Score. He also does work over on the Pro Football Network as well with their mock draft simulator and all that stuff. Kent, thanks for coming on the show, man. How are you? Fantastic, man. Glad to be on. Have you fully recovered from what was three crazy days of the NFL draft? Yeah, for the most part, I managed to fall down and I'm over 40. So now I'm injured. But oh, no. other than that, I'm fully recovered from it. Shoot. Well, I'm sorry, man. It, that obviously sucks. And it takes a lot out of you, man, after a crazy time. And I know it all kind of builds up to that. And it's probably a little bit of a relief that it's done now. And you can have a little bit of a break. But obviously, the next draft class is coming up here. So, uh, man, I want to just kind of talk about um, just because of, you know, this RAS score it seems like the Colts have been just the darlings the last couple of years when it comes to getting these athletic freaks, man, getting these guys that are just like nine point whatever over. I think Colts had about seven guys over nine point sevens this year. I wanted to kind of break down and talk about each of these guys uh, real fast. And obviously some guys we're going to know a little bit more than other guys about their athleticism. So I wanted to kind of go through this draft, obviously for the Colts, a historic in terms of numbers, 12 guys the Colts brought in um, and, and a good amount of them, I think right around a 9.48 or something around that in totality between the 12 picks uh, in terms of RAS score out of 10. Uh, what was your overall impression before we kind of dive into individuals about the Colts draft and what they've done, not just this year, but the last couple of years in terms of getting all these athletes? Yeah, the Colts have averaged over eight for Raz in each of the last five seasons. So it's been kind of a running joke that that's that that's all they use for scouting, right? They just they just get the high Raz guys and that's all that they do. Um, obviously, most of their players also rate very highly on uh, metrics like PFF and things like that. They're not they're not just athletes, uh, but when it comes to Raz, they've just been very focused on getting the most athletic players that they can. Um, and you saw that in this draft class. I mean, they took Anthony Richardson, who has is the most most athletic quarterback of all time, um, set records for the vert and the broad jump, um, one of the highest forty yard dashes ever for a quarterback, and he does that at you know a very good size for a quarterback. 
Um, they took Julius Brents, who tested extremely well for a corner, one of the highest scores all time. You know, they they just didn't mess around with with picking up the best athletes that they possibly could, and that's been a trend for them. Yeah, for sure. You talked about Anthony Richardson, so we better just get into it. I mean, I mean, we've seen athletes, we've seen the Cam Newtons, the Lamar Jacksons, the guys that can move, but very rarely have we seen, I think, a guy like Anthony Richardson, like you mentioned, the size 6'4", 245, uh, and the speed, and just the combination of everything. Uh, talk to me about just what that combination does and how rare it truly is to see a quarterback like Anthony Richardson. Well, that number one spot at quarterback has only changed hands a couple of times. It was held by, I think, Vinny Testaverde was the first one. And then Dante Culpepper held it, then Cam Newton, and now Anthony Richardson. And he's going to hold that for a while. I don't see anybody taking that away from him. But it's it's just a rare set of skills to have a quarterback who has those types of athletic traits. Most of the time when you have a guy who has those types of traits, they get converted to a different position. Um, we saw that some years ago with Matt Jones, went to the Jaguars. They they converted him from quarterback. We've seen that Terrell Pryor. We saw that with Logan Thomas. You know, there's there's guys like that that have those athletic traits. They just convert them to different positions. They don't keep them at quarterback. And, and I'm sure that you've already heard some people saying, well, he'll make a great, great tight end someday for the people that don't appreciate his, his quarterback tape. Um, but when you do try a quarterback out that has those types of athletic traits, we've seen in recent years what that can do. Both players that were in the Super Bowl this year were, were, were fantastic athletes. Cam Newton won the MVP on his, on his best season. You, know, you can win with an athletic quarterback. I mean, look at, look at what Justin Fields did last year. He's definitely not a polished passer yet, but the Bears were still able to create an offensive game plan that utilized those skills. The Colts are going to be doing the same thing. Anthony Richardson has a lot of wrinkles to work out, and they've got to figure out how they can do that. But in the meantime, you can do a lot of really fun stuff with him, a lot of stuff that gives defensive coordinators fits. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, man, I saw I saw a tweet, uh, you know, after the Colts drafted Richardson talking about the, you know, major change from a year ago when the Colts had Matt Ryan <laughs> compared to Anthony Richardson in terms of athleticism. It's got to be one of the most jarring jumps I think we've seen in a while. Yeah, you're going from a guy that just doesn't move to a guy that can move so smooth and, and he's so explosive when he decides he's going to change direction. Um, he didn't even do the agility testing, and I'm sure that he still would have the highest score over over time or all time if he had done the the agility testing. Um, he's a fantastic athlete, and he, you see it every time he's on the football field. Um, you know, we we like to bring up the rushing because that's a that's a big part of it, but it's not just the ability to rush; it's also the ability to escape a pocket when you need to. If there's a rusher coming in and you have to get out of there fast, you have to bail. He has the ability to do that in situations where other quarterbacks would have to just take that sack or get the ball away. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that definitely makes him unique in that way that he can do a little bit of everything. He's got the arm. He's got the athleticism, a little bit of everything and the size as well to take some of those hits. And, and, you know, he's a guy that says, I never want to be taken down by just one guy, you know, he, and he has the size to prove it that, that he's shown that in the past on his tape in Florida and, and it'll be interesting to see how that translates. And, and like you mentioned, the things he has to work out, how Shane Steichen can kind of, you know, help him work those things out because he does obviously have only 13 games um, in on his tape right now. So there's so much more the Colts can definitely get into. But, you know, I've always said it, especially at the quarterback position. And with what the Colts had with Shane Steichen, like you just give him that mold of clay and let him go to work. And, and a guy 10 out of 10, I mean – 
obviously the sky's the limit here for this guy. Absolutely. And people people talk about how he needs seasoning and he does need a lot of work, but it it really depends on the coaching staff and the player themselves when it comes to how that, what that looks like. Right. Right. Um, Some players like to sit. We saw that with Patrick Mahomes. We saw that with Aaron Rodgers. Some guys don't. Some guys just need to get on the field and take their lumps. Josh Allen turned from one of the worst college passers that we've ever seen taken in the first round to one of the most polished passers in the NFL right now. Um, it, it just takes a little time for some guys to acclimate to the speed of the game and to the way that things work in the NFL um, and to get all that uh, camaraderie with their teammates and get that, that timing and stuff together. You know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to come together. It may take time. And if the, the Colts show patience with him and he gets the coaching that he needs, that's going to be a dangerous quarterback in a while. Absolutely. Well, we can move on to, because we do have a lot of picks here for the Colts. You mentioned Julius Brents. I mean, it's crazy, man. The Colts get a guy at Anthony Richardson with a 10, and then they get another guy that come back in the second round 40 picks later, get a guy, Julius Brents, with a 9.99 RAS score. So literally right there as well in terms of athleticism. Uh, what did you see from his game that made you rank him so high as a corner here? Yeah, and, and it's kind of ironic that the big con- the big conversation about Brents has been about an athletic testing. It's been about his long speed. He ran a four five three, which isn't very good. That's that's just above average, but only just above average. But every single one of his other other drills are fantastic. You have a guy who's nearly six three and almost two hundred pounds. That's very large for a cornerback. Um, both of his agility drills were over ninetieth percentile, which is fantastic for any corner, let, let alone a guy that's an oversized corner. Both of his explosion drills were some of the best all time for a corner. Uh, That kind of stuff lends itself really well to an NFL defense because you get into situations where you're playing zone, you have to change direction quickly, you have to burst off of your spot. That's your explosion and your agility more than it is your long speed. And maybe you do get manned up and have to run a streak route down the sideline, and maybe that speed does become a problem. Uh, but it's not something that you're going to see every play. And if you are seeing it every play, it's because your defensive coordinator isn't adjusting to them running streaks every single play. And and you have bigger problems if that's what's going on. Um, you know, this is all math. You know, it's, I, I, these aren't assigned grades. Everything is all based on how they tested. And he tested so well in all of his other drills that having just a mid-range 40-yard dash didn't really hurt his overall score that much. Yeah, so I just want to clarify because obviously the Colts have taken some second-round picks in Chris Ballard's era at corner. Um, so we'll compare the most recent guy the Colts took a couple of years ago, Rocky Asen. So how do you think Julius Brents kind of compares and contrasts with him? Because I know there's some people, they see that, you know, maybe apparent lack of speed, and that was maybe something similar to Rock where people had some questions. How do you see them and kind of how they are similar maybe a little bit and maybe some differences as prospects? Rocky Sin had a lot of leadership qualities that I think pushed him up draft boards a little bit more than his athleticism did. Uh, but Yassin didn't test very well in agility drills at all. Um, he had below average agility drills and one, a, a pretty poor uh, cone drill, actually, at a 7.3. Um, to give you an example of the difference there, uh, Julius Brents had a 6.63. So that's, you know, 0.7 better as, at a cone drill, almost, you know, almost three quarters of a second faster during his cone drill. Um, you know, he, he didn't have the, the same 40 yard dash, but Julius Brents had faster, significantly faster 10 and 20 yard splits. So maybe he doesn't have the, the same speed going all the way deep down the field, but he's going to be faster over 10, 20, and most of that 40, you're going to have a faster guy in Julius Brents. And he's significantly more explosive too. 
Um, he bests him in pretty much every area, including just being a bigger dude. Yeah, that's interesting that he's bigger and he's quicker, you know, that so yeah. just for people who are who are wondering, because I have heard a few people that have said that and kind of wondered that. So hopefully that's that's good information for people. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how he fits that defense. I really project him as, you know, that one of the starters, number one, number two outside corner from day one, obviously has that wrist injury. So hopefully he's back by training camp. I think that's the goal. So um, let's move on now to the Colts third round pick here. A guy that I personally thought, man, how in the world is this guy here at 79? Josh Downs out of North Carolina. I mean, he scored for you, actually, ironically enough, one of the Colts' lower scores, 8.99, so not quite a nine. Uh, why did you give him uh, this score? Obviously, he has production, but what kind of factored into the 8.99 score here? Yeah, so all of his individual tests, his 40-yard dash and his splits, both of his agility drills, both of his explosion drills, those were all above 80th percentile. They were all fantastic scores. What really hurt him is the fact that he's only 5'8 and 3 quarters. He's under 5'9. And he's only 171 pounds, which is less than 10th percentile for, for a wide receiver. And you had a lot of guys like that in this draft class. Um, but Josh Downs is a guy that, that thrives after the catch. So when you get a guy that's that small who has the potential to get hit, um, you know, if he's a possession guy, it's an even bigger deal. But thankfully, he's not that, you know. Um, but if you have a guy who has the potential to get hit and he's that much smaller, it can push you down draft boards. Teams don't like guys that open themselves up to hits. Um, obviously, he's not opening himself up. He's trying to not get hit. Uh, but when he's that small, that's a risk. And I think that's what pushed him down the boards. Um, for here, the size scores are used to weight all of the other metrics. So even though he scored fantastic on all of his other drills, the fact that he's so small for a wide receiver is what brought his score down. Gotcha. That's kind of what we had thought because you know the production was there. He had some, you know, I, I looked at all the numbers and really you're right. It was just the size for him. And and so I do think the Colts got a steal and, and kind of a good fit for what they're looking for offensively. They kind of got the two bigger guys and in, in Pittman and Pierce the last couple of years. And so I think he's going to be a nice kind of slot guy, project right into there. And he's got a lot of those nice athletic things. Not the traditional Chris Ballard uh wide receiver here, man, but I do think he's going to get, be a really good fit here with the Colts. Yeah, get him, get him the ball in space, man. That's what you do with those small guys. Get yeah, him some space. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, moving on to the fourth round, uh, this was one that was quite interesting to me. Uh, Blake Freeland out of BYU, he scored a 9.83 the offensive tackle. He's six foot eight almost, a little bit over 300 pounds. So not the heaviest offensive tackle in the world, but he is extremely athletic. Talk to me about him and kind of what you saw from him, his testing and why you gave him such a high score here as well. Yeah, and you get that a lot from from uh, really athletic offensive tackles. They the the score, as I said, is that's meant that's meant to weight all of the other metrics by size. Um, and if you have a guy that's really huge, we saw that this year with Dewan Jones. You know, they don't tend to test all that well. Those bigger dudes aren't really great movers. Um, but even so, he's almost six eight. I mean, he's not a small guy. Um, and one of the scores that he did the best in was his three cone drill. He ran a seven four six, which is ninety first percentile. If you're six eight and you're running a ninety first percentile cone drill, that is some serious agility, man. That's it's hard to do those types of drills when you're that tall. Um, he is a little bit underweight in terms of comparison to other offensive tackles, and especially considering his size. He's so he's so tall that that three hundred and two. I mean, three hundred and two doesn't sound skinny. That that's not a that's not a small weight by anyone's account. 
Uh, but when you're that tall, you know, that's, that's a, a lesser amount of weight distributed among a much larger frame. Um, and that can be concerning for, for injuries and stuff like that. I would expect him to get a little bigger when he gets into the pros anyway. A lot of guys do when they get into the NFL strength and conditioning programs. Uh, but he had 99th percentile uh, explosive drills, two of the best explosive drills ever for an offensive tackle. Um, all of his speed drills were good. This is just a guy that's a great overall athlete, and that's why he rated so high. Is overall, there just aren't a lot of guys that are that athletic, um, and he was able to do that. He had the highest RAS for any offensive tackle in this class to show you how high it was. Wow. That's crazy. And and the crazy thing is the things that he's maybe not the best in. You're right. He can get bigger. He can get stronger. So I mean, the Colts see that. They see the athleticism. They're like, we just got this guy that can build into that frame and and really can grow um, over time as he gets into our program and stuff. Uh, now, moving on to the Colts next pick here. I don't know if you've ever figured out how to say this guy's last name. I don't know if I have yet. Uh, Abawari? Abawari? Somewhere around Abawari. there. Abawari. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So he's, uh, he's quite the athlete, man. Um, when, when he first came out at the combine before he even ran, it was just like, this guy is going to destroy this test. He's, he's going to just obliterate everything that he does. He has a very unique type of frame for his size. And it's very apparent when you see him that he is just nothing but muscle and explosive ability. Um, you know, he's, he's only six, one and a half and 282 pounds. That's usually a fat guy. I mean, that's, that's usually a fat guy. That's, that just is, that's usually a fatter guy. Um, I don't think he has an ounce of fat on him. The dude's nothing but nothing but rocked up muscle. Um, he's both a defensive end, probably a five tech and a defensive tech, uh, a defensive tackle playing three technique. Um, and he ran a sub four five. I mean, you put a guy that big and that fast and that explosive on an interior of a defensive line, that's going to be a problem. You know, if, if he develops even a little bit for his hand usage and learns some pass rushing moves and figures out how to do counters and things like that, this is a very dangerous player to pick up where they got him. Yeah, I couldn't believe. I mean, some people said he was maybe a second round pick or, you know, maybe a third round pick somewhere around there, but the Colts got him all the way down here with one of their picks here and a little bit later, one of their, their second fourth round pick when they traded down initially from 35 and they, they were able to get a guy, you're right. He factors in, he can play a little bit of everything. I think the Colts had penciled him in probably as more of that three tech, but I mean, that speed, man, is just crazy. That, that's something you don't see with guys like this size. So um, I'm excited for that. And, you know, really the only thing, I mean, you talked about his height and, and really his weight. Um, but I, I do feel like he's a guy that's going to be kind of that mismatch just with his speed alone. And Colts obviously have DeForest Buckner, who is that just he's bigger, you know, he's taller, but he's kind of the opposite in certain ways where he's got a little bit more of the uh, not that Buckner's not athletic, but, you know, he's a lot shorter, but he's a lot. He's so fast. So I think that would be a definitely a that would be tough for an offensive lineman. You know, you face a power guy. And I don't want to mess with it. No, I wouldn't want to mess with it. So I think that was a good pick there for the Colts to get kind of that that backup guy that can fill a role there for them. Um, here's another guy here in the fifth round that I could not believe was available either. Cornerback uh, Darius Rush from South Carolina. Talk to me about him. Yeah, Darius Rush is another guy that, that kind of got projected early, um, early on in the draft process. He was projected a lot earlier, and then he just kind of seemed to fall off as the draft process went on. 
Um, I, I'm not entirely sure why that was. He ran just fine. He ran a 4.36. That's plenty fast. That's very fast. Um, he's a larger corner. Um, he's, his explosive drills were very middle of the, middle of the road. Um, I'm wondering if that, that lack of explosiveness and, and a perceived lack of agility might have been something that pushed him down some boards. Um, I mentioned before how that can be an advantage for a guy like Brents. If, if you have a team that runs an, enough zone where you're considering how, how good is his read and react going to be, um, if he's not explosive, that can be problematic. Uh, the Detroit Lions drafted a guy in the second round some years ago, Tease Tabor from Florida, who tested very poorly in those areas. He also ran a bad 40-yard dash, and that's what everybody focused on. Um, but at the time, the Lions were running a ton of zone, and he just wasn't explosive at all. So you have a guy who's not explosive, and you get any kind of a zone play, even if you're, a good, you're good with read and react, and you can react very quickly. It's difficult to make that up if you're not able to stop on a dime, change direction quickly. So that is probably what pushed him down boards a little bit, I think, is just those, those traits may be perceived as a negative in such a way that it could limit his ability to do some of those things. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On the field. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, you're, that that would be the only potential concern with him because, yeah, you have him, you know, in terms of size and speed, he's, you know, elite in both those categories. So I think that definitely – that'll be something to monitor. But uh, definitely from a size standpoint, he fits the bill for what the Colts are looking for at corner. So uh, I thought that was a good pick there, especially on, you know, day three there. Uh, here's a guy that I really don't know what to make of, Daniel Scott, the free safety from California. So he scored an insane RAS score, a 9.94. And I just don't know kind of where he fits in and kind of what his game is. So so why don't you tell me about him and just why you scored him so high here? Yeah, when you start getting to these day three guys that have those higher scores, it's usually the same story. You, you have a guy that has all the athletic traits, but there's a lot of stuff, the technical aspects of the game that just aren't really there. Um, you know, sometimes a guy falls because of injury. Sometimes they fall because of character concerns. But the most common thing that you're going to see is that they're just they're just raw. They have a lot of a lot of development to do. The read and react isn't really there. Um, their ability to um, change or to change their assignments when the when the offense changes, you know, that that's difficult for guys to get used to, especially when they're making the jump to the NFL. Um, but as an athlete, there's very little question with, with Daniel Scott. He has the speed, he has the explosiveness, he has the agility, and he has the size. So you don't really have many concerns there. It's just whether or not he can put it together on the field. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Uh, I think, yeah, he'll factor right in for the Colts special teams. And I think just having that athleticism will serve him well. We'll see if he does make a push. Obviously, he's a little bit older prospect. He's going to be with 24 or so when the season starts. So a little bit older, but uh, that, that's a guy that I, I was intrigued about. Didn't really know a lot about uh, coming out of Cal there. Uh, here's a guy that was a little bit of a surprise for the Colts, considering the guy they drafted last year, Jelani Woods, and some of their other tight ends they have in their room. Uh, will Mallory out of Miami. Uh, 9.05 RAS score, you know, kind of looking at some of his, you know, traits here, really the, the size is, is poor, but he has, you know, he ran the fastest 40 time of any tight end. Um, he, you graded him with some, you know, some really good, uh, explosion grades as well. Why don't you talk to me about Will Mallory and maybe what he can provide? Yeah, he's one of the easiest ones for me because sometimes guys just test how they look on the field. Most guys actually test pretty much how they look on the field. Um, and this is a guy where his strengths show up exactly the way it does on the card and his weaknesses show up exactly how they do on the card. Um, he's very explosive. He's very fast. He's not very big and he doesn't use his size very well. And he's a little bit stiffer. He's a little bit, uh, a little bit rough when he's trying to run more complicated routes. Um, this is a guy who's almost exclusively a receiving option. This is a guy who's an extra receiver. Um, so it's, it's, not too hard to figure out how the Colts can use him. And if he develops, he could be a very solid two. Maybe they want to develop him into a one, put him as a move tight end or something like that, motion him before the plays. Uh, but generally, this is just a guy you're putting out there, run routes against guys who aren't as explosive and aren't as fast. Gotcha. Uh, now, this is a guy that I didn't really know a lot about, but then I heard about how how well he did last year at Northwestern. Evan Hall, the running back, and really more of that receiving back, uh, really was kind of Northwestern's offense last year. And, uh, you know, he doesn't really have, when you look at the size aspect of it, doesn't really have a lot there, but he is extremely fast. He does have great explosion, and obviously he's been productive in college. Uh, what did you notice from him, and what do you think he could maybe provide for the Colts from an athleticism standpoint, maybe how they, Shane Steichen and company, could use him in their offense potentially? Yeah, and you mentioned the receiving ability, and this is essentially just a receiving backs type of profile. This is a guy that has at least average average size. He's not He's not big, but he's not small either. Um, you're not going to have him running around as a power guy, um, and you're not going to have him running around as a straight scat back where that's all that he does. Um, but he can be pretty versatile, and you can use him in a number of different ways. He has plenty of speed to be able to deploy him all over the field, even motioning him wide if you need to. Um, but he's not a burner. He's not a guy that you're using exclusively for the speed. So he's kind of that utility um, you know, Swiss Army knife type of guy um, that has enough athleticism that you can really just do whatever you want with him. And as long as you have the other pieces, the more specialized pieces in place, then having a guy that can do pretty much anything is, is pretty useful. Do you think he could come into this offense and really provide a spark for them? Because obviously they traded Naheem Hines last year in the middle of the season. Didn't really have anybody that kind of stepped up. Do you see him potentially being a guy that maybe tries to fill that role and maybe could do a decent job at it? Yeah, I mean, he's he's not going to be the guy that comes in and starts and gets you twenty carries a game and stuff like that. That's not that's not really what his role is going to be. Um, but if you design a good enough a good enough set of plays for him where you can come in and have him do some kind of misdirection, or maybe you just get him out in space and try to line him up with a linebacker or a safety, um, he's got the speed and the breakaway explosive ability to be able to get some good distance to get those chunk yards. 
So it's it just depends on how good the play calling is to really get him involved. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's move on now. And I really appreciate you, man, coming on and talking about all these picks. I know there's a lot, uh, but we have three more we're going to talk about. This guy is the most unknown guide of all these players because of where he came from out of Wagner, Titus Leo, defensive end. Now, talk to me about him because I see you graded him. Uh, the only poor grade you gave him was size. Everything else was pretty good. Yeah, and he's more—he's more of a pass rushing linebacker body type is is what he really comes in with, which is where that size grid comes in because he's a little shorter than most defensive ends are. He's a little more slender than most defensive ends are. Uh, but a lot of a lot of NFL pass rushing defensive ends now in today's NFL are really not that large. They're about two fifty, two fifty five. He's two forty five right now. Gaining five pounds is not super difficult in an NFL strength program. Um, so I'm not really super concerned about that unless you're just putting him on the edge and telling him, go be the run defender guy. That's going to be a little tougher for a guy of his size. Cause he's you know going to be outweighed by 60, 70 pounds offensive tackles. Um, but he does have really long arms and that's going to be helpful because that gives you that little bit of extra leverage to use to try to try to get that. Um, he does have really good speed and good explosiveness. Um, his agility drills weren't all that good. I, I don't know enough about him on tape just to say how much that plays into it. Um, but normally what that what that means is that he wins with uh, that explosiveness and that length more than he wins by being bendy um, and being able to bend around the edge. Uh, the Lions drafted a guy named James Houston last year who had that kind of reputation, and he just added that part. It, it's what he ended up getting, I think, eight sacks as a rookie. Uh, because even though he wasn't super bendy in college and didn't test very well in that area, they were able to coach him up and make him find that, and he just took to it. Um, when you have a guy that isn't super bendy, um, you know they they win by being more explosive than the guys around him. It's not about bending an edge; it's about getting a better angle so that you don't have to bend the edge. If you can beat your tackle cleanly enough, you don't need to be a great bender. You know you've already beat him, and you've got a straight track to the quarterback. So. Um, that's kind of the traits that he has. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that'll be interesting. He definitely has some, some pieces to work here, uh, with, and, and we'll see how the Colts do develop him. Uh, two guys, the Colts had in the seventh round, they added their third corner of this draft. They go and get Jalen Jones here. And, uh, you know, he's got the size as well. He's another six foot plus corner, 200 pounds. Colts have a type. that's very clear in this draft. Uh, a guy that has some elite traits as well, uh, but a little bit of a lower athletic score compared to the other two corners the Colts had, not, although not that much, um, still was a very athletic guy. Talk to me about Jalen Jones here. Yeah, and it's kind of just a lesser version of Brent's in terms of an athletic profile. He's a, he's a bigger corner. Um, he doesn't have the elite long speed, but he also doesn't have that elite explosiveness that, that uh, Julius Brent's had. Um, he doesn't have the the really great agility that Julius Brents has, but that's why he's a seventh round pick and not you know a second rounder pick. But he does have enough enough uh, talent in those areas to be able to find a role in the NFL. Um, you know, you never want to be a just straight athletic. It, it, the numbers are the only thing that matters. It's just like I was talking just now with with James Houston. You know, guys can learn when they get to the NFL. They can pick up new things. Um, he might just be starting from a, a, a further back starting point, if you will. So um, there's plenty there to work with. And like you said, they clearly have a type when it comes to size. So um, I, they didn't pick him 
thinking that they were going to throw him in some other random role. They've they've got a role they expect him to be in, and they're they're hoping that what he does have in terms of traits is going to be enough to do that. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and then the last guy, the Colts, they went actually double dipped at tackle, um, and they went and got I think one of the most interesting guys in the draft. His story is just very interesting. I suggest everybody who who listens to this go read his story. It's very interesting. Uh, Jake Witt out of Northern Michigan. Now RAS score nine point eight zero. Obviously, another huge tackle here in terms of the size he has, six foot seven, um, but really not a lot of experience at tackle. But he does have a lot of Almost elite none. traits here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. This is not a guy you should expect to jump right in. Um, yeah. You know, I I actually got onto him literally the moment he started testing. I was I was talking to his agent, um, and and going over what this is going to look like. And it, he was he was telling me ahead of time that this is this is going to blow you away. Um, but this is a guy who has all of the traits that you want from an off- offensive tackle. Um, he's a converted tight end. He's a multi-sport athlete. You know, this this wasn't where I think he expected himself to be four years ago, um, drafted as an offensive tackle. But uh, when he came into the draft prep and and really started working on these drills and trying to get his numbers up, it, it was very apparent that this dude has is very gifted in terms of athleticism. Um, you already mentioned the size. He's probably going to put on maybe 20 or 25 pounds, I think, in the NFL. He's going to get a lot bigger. Uh, because he's already done that. He's already gotten a lot bigger because he was playing tight end. Um, but he has fantastic speed and explosiveness, fantastic agility. Um, this guy has, like I said, all of the traits that you want. Um, he didn't have the greatest bench press, uh, but he's got 33 and a half inch arms. Basic physics should tell you anytime a guy has long arms, it's more difficult to do the breast, the bench press. You only really worry about it if it's like four or some, some obscenely small number. Um, if you get some guy with really long arms and he gets kind of a mid-range bench press, that's okay. That's perfectly fine. You shouldn't be worried about that in terms of actual strength. Um, it's it's just basic physics for how that stuff works. But, um, you know, this is just a very, very athletic guy that they're going to develop. And hopefully in a couple of years, um, he can take on a role as a, a, a more prominent role in their offense if he develops well enough. Um, the big question for me with him is whether they're going to be able to try to sneak him on the practice squad, because I know that they weren't the only team that was hoping to snag him late. And yeah. I know for sure they're not the only team that wants him on their practice squad either. So um, for me, it's likely that he's probably going to be carried into the regular season um, on the regular roster. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to just see how much he adds and, you know, kind of what how he bases, you know, and how he grows from those traits. Obviously, he has all of them. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that kind of translates there. Um, I have one more question for you here before we kind of hop off. Um, I guess it's a two-part question. Number one, out of all these guys, who do you think, maybe outside of Anthony Richardson, the, the day two picks it on, um, which player do you think has the best chance to have the highest ceiling? Um, out of out of any of these guys, uh, individual position wise, it's out of Wari. You have a guy with that kind of speed and explosiveness and length, and uses all those things well um, for that size. You know that that kind of compact body size is really rare, and that speed at that size is insane. Um, I did some posts about it when he first tested, showing just how rare it was because guys like that just don't exist. They we don't have clean athletic comps for guys like him because they don't exist. There are no guys that I can point to and say, look at this other guy that has the same body type and was successful. Can't do that for him because he's, they just don't exist. So he's a very rare athlete and he's in a position where if he puts those things together, um, that's going to be really dangerous. The NFL started figuring out that size isn't that much of an issue for defensive tackles some years ago. Um, Right before Aaron Donald broke onto the scene, they started to realize that, hey, maybe this the, the weight doesn't really matter all that much. We don't need these guys to be you know, big, hulking monsters. We can just get super athletes in there. Um, a lot of teams started running NASCAR packages after that, running their defensive ends on the inside. And it's so common now, we don't even really think about it. Uh, but in terms of upside, just pure upside, outside of Richardson, that's the guy that has the most potential. Yeah. And then my second part of that question was, which guy outside of Richardson do you think has a chance to come in day one and make the biggest impact for the Colts? Gosh, that's a tough one because you guys took 400 players. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Lots of guys here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Brents then for that one. I mean, the guy with that kind of athletic ability, if he comes in and doesn't have any significant flaws that are holding him back, that's going to be huge because he's got all the traits that you want for a guy that can be a dominant corner in the league. Um, if those questions about his long speed are, are answered immediately and, and they don't seem to be a concern at all, um, I think he has the potential to be day one, one of the most important players that were picked. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Kent Lee. Really appreciate it, man. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, yeah. How, on a scale from one to 10, how crazy was this draft for you? I know you've covered a lot of drafts, but to me, it seems like one of the most unpredictable drafts, especially in the first round that we've seen in a long time. So how did you feel about it going into yeah, it? Yeah, scale of one to 10, we'll give it a 10 because it, it can be crazier next year. Just like Raz, where everything kind of scales from year over year. You know, it was the wildest draft I've ever covered. Um, we, we knew the first round, the first pick, overall pick, like very late in the process. Uh, and nobody was certain for the number two overall pick, and nobody knew what the third overall pick was at all. And then everything changed with that trade up, and it was just wild from then on in. Nobody knew what anybody was doing. Everybody was trading. Um, it was a lot of fun, but it was also a really athletic class, and that means I got to watch a lot more of the prospects and and get a good idea of what they look like, and and so I can have conversations like these because people ask those questions. Um, so I got to watch a lot of guys that ended up getting on, uh, getting drafted and will probably be on NFL rosters. So it's, it's probably not the most fun that I've had on any individual draft class. And hopefully we can replicate that next year and make it even better. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, really appreciate you coming on, man. It was a ton of fun. We'll have to do it again soon. And you know, knowing Chris Ballard, you'll probably be on here next year, and we'll be talking about another athletic draft for the Colts. Looking forward to it, man. Awesome, man. We have a good one. And thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. As always, guys, go Colts. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.